Hey, what's up? It's Sybil from The Possibility of Today. Thanks so much for dropping by and tuning in. This show is all about the events that are happening around us, whether it's the current events we're seeing in the news or even the events in our own life. We get into all of it so that we can take a look at what's going on and, of course, make sure we're living today better than yesterday. So I hope you will stick around. You are listening to The Possibility of Today on webtalkradio.net. All right, so if you have been watching the news at all, you most certainly have heard about everything that's going on with Lance Armstrong. And if you have followed Lance Armstrong's career and kind of all of the happenings, then you know he's been denying forever that he's been taking these performance-enhancing drugs. His categorical insistence that he never cheated, now coming back to haunt him. I have never doped. The cynics and the skeptics, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry you can't dream big, and I'm sorry you don't believe in miracles. Even under oath. I can't be any clearer that I've never taken drugs. Lance Armstrong was literally denying to everyone that he ever took any kind of doping drugs, but not anymore. He has recently admitted to Oprah and his foundation and honestly anyone else who's listening that he actually did take performance-enhancing drugs. Earlier today, standing amidst a tear-filled room of 100 Livestrong staff members, sources tell ABC News Armstrong took responsibility for the damage his actions have caused the Livestrong Foundation. And as I'm sure you can imagine, there are questions all around this issue. Does apologizing and admitting what he's done at this point help? Is there anything that can really be done? Can Lance actually repair this damage he's caused? Do we take him at his word? Do we forgive him? And of course, my favorite question, what are the good takeaway messages for us personally? Because believe it or not, they are there. They're always there. So we are going to get into all of that and then next turn to this amazing story of forgiveness. I don't know if you've heard this. This story is actually coming out of Florida, and it's about this 19-year-old. His name's Connor McBride. He was a student, and he was actually engaged, and he ended up getting into a fight with his fiance and shooting her. Imagine this. It's 2.15 in the afternoon, just a regular March day. Connor McBride strolls into the Tallahassee Police Department, approaches the desk in the main lobby, goes to the officer on duty. She like looks up because he looks obviously a little weird. And she's like, can I help you? Is there something going on? And he confesses to her then at the desk that he shot his fiance. The crime took place on March 28, 2010 the day 19-year-old Connor McBride walked into a Tallahassee police station. Officials say he told the duty officer, you need to arrest me. I just shot my fiancé in the head. The wound that Connor inflicted that day on his fiancé, Ann, would actually end up being fatal. But before Ann died, she asks her father to forgive Connor. 
And as I'm sure you can imagine, he was kind of reluctant to do it. But in the end, he ended up fulfilling her wishes. I felt like my daughter was asking me to forgive Connor. And I just told her I couldn't. And there's just no way I could. And at the end, I said, well, I'll try. And he did more than just try. Because he and his wife ended up not only forgiving Connor for killing their daughter, they even worked with Connor's parents to help reduce his sentencing. And I've just always been so inspired, right, by these, these stories of forgiveness. Because when something so awful and tragic occurs, but somehow the people involved find their way to forgiveness, it just feels like these stories are there to like show all of us, like this is, this is how it works, this is the process. So we are going to talk about that story and discuss some good ways to get to forgiveness in case you're interested in forgiving someone today or maybe you want the tools to be able to forgive someone in the future because let's be real, no matter where you are or who you come into contact with, inevitably somebody around you is going to misbehave, somebody is going to need your forgiveness. And I have always just found it's great to have some nice tools and a great quick way to forgive people. So we're going to talk about that. And then, of course, finally, we will end with the possibility of today question and answer section. I've got some great questions that have come in, and we're going to talk about relationships and friendships and all the other questions that people have asked. But first off, we are going to Lance Armstrong. I'm sure you've got some thoughts on this. I know I do. I hope you'll stick around so we can discuss it. You are listening to The Possibility of Today on webtalkradio.net. All right, so as I'm sure you've heard, Lance Armstrong is finally coming clean about using these performance-enhancing drugs after years, years of denying it. And of course, it is all over the news, a total media heyday. Powerful Greek drama is playing out in America. A former champion, Lance Armstrong, has begun a kind of apology tour. For more than a decade, he denied that he cheated, used drugs to win. But this morning, the legendary athlete told a group of people, I'm sorry, and in an interview went even further. Thanks to ABC News for that clip. But that's right, Lance has been apologizing left and right. You name it, he's apologizing. He's on Oprah. He stood in front of his foundation. He's even said to have called past acquaintances, like the people that knew and he kind of coerced them into not telling. He's even allegedly called them to tell them that he was also sorry. And I mean, I just always have thought these stories are like so interesting, right? Because, I mean, of course, you know, it's the watching everything unfold and the typical drama and, you know, of course, just kind of going through all the motions and seeing the new developments. But what I also really like to do is like dissect these situations and take a closer look because there's always like these nuggets of gold, these takeaway messages for all of us from these situations. It's not just about Lance. It's not about what he's going through, but it's also about us looking at it and, you know, seeing, hey, what what can we learn from this situation? I mean, life is 
all about learning. At least that's my philosophy. And so we learn from these experiences and it doesn't have to just be our experiences. That's why it's so great. We can look at other people and learn from their experiences. And then, hey, you know, maybe it's something we won't have to go through personally. So I am all about that and just kind of looking at all the stuff that's happening and taking a closer look. And the first question here, because this situation is filled with takeaway messages. And one of the questions that I'm hearing all over the place is whether or not his apology is sincere. What do you think? Do you think he just apologized because the walls were coming in and, you know, he's just grabbing at straws, doing whatever he can to salvage his career? That's one of the big questions right now on the table. The stakes are huge. Lance Armstrong risks hurting himself even more in the hopes of winning sympathy and restoring a lost reputation. He's at a point where he realizes he's lost this game and, and people have been wanting an apology. Thanks to ABC News for that clip. But that's going to always be the question. People are going to always wonder, you know, did he really feel sincerely that he wanted to apologize or was he just kind of backed into a corner? Honestly, possibly, possibly not. I mean, we just don't know. But the point is, he apologized. And to me, that's just always the first step. I mean, inevitably, right, you're going to have people who are going to critique whether apologies are sincere. I just think that instead of starting there, why don't we start with giving people the benefit of the doubt? I mean, and I get it. I know Lance Armstrong hasn't told the truth. And, you know, why would you give him the benefit of the doubt? I just think it's worth considering. I'd like to put another position on the table that maybe you should just give them the benefit of the doubt. Why not? And just initially, right? Like if you find out a reason why this person or Lance or anyone that you've given the benefit of the doubt to and assume their apology is sincere. If you find out that they are in fact not genuine, then you don't have to accept their apology anymore. But until they give you reason not to, then you just, you, you assume that they are being sincere. And trust me, this is something that I have had to work through personally. But, you know, I finally just realized like, isn't the object of the game for people to apologize and then for us to forgive them. Like, isn't that the whole process we're aiming for? And if that's the case, then that means you have to believe people. Like at the very least, you have to take that step and give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I just think this is how the whole apology thing works, right? I say it's like releasing a bunch of helium balloons that just go floating beautifully through the sky. They follow the law of gravity, right? Once you release them, they go up. It doesn't matter if you weren't genuinely trying to release them. It doesn't matter if you sincerely wanted to keep them for yourself and not share them. If you let them go, they go floating into the sky. And if someone apologizes, I just think that should be the trigger of the entire forgiveness process for us. And again, it doesn't mean that if we have any reason to come back on that and to now say, you know what, they really weren't sincere, that we can't do that. But after they apologize, the ball is in our court to do what we want. 
And I say we just start giving the benefit of the doubt instead of the contrary. Now, I just want to add one more caveat, though. <laughs> if someone continues to do the wrong thing and then they just keep apologizing, I think that we can, um, we can start removing the benefit of the doubt at that point. Because clearly if someone is consistently doing the same thing over and over again and then just apologizing quickly, then I, I think it's fair if we you know, question the sincerity of their apology. So that is takeaway number one in terms of the Lance Armstrong thing. Until people give you reason otherwise, just go ahead and accept their apology. And another interesting observation I had about this entire situation is similar to so many other times when we see these situations unfold, there's this like domino effect, right? I mean, after the person admits their wrongdoing, then the tidal wave comes in. You know, the endorsements start disappearing. And in so many instances, the authorities get involved. And in fact, that's exactly what's happening here with Lance Armstrong. The stakes are huge. High-level sources tell ABC News that Lance Armstrong is now in talks with authorities about returning some of the millions of dollars the U.S. Postal Service paid to sponsor Lance Armstrong's team. They also say he is now talking about confessing to authorities and naming names. So the domino effect is in full effect, literally. In addition to, of course, all the public scrutiny that Lance has signed up for, he now also has to deal with everything that is just coming to the surface. In fact, he has lawsuits that he won. And the people who he sued that ended up having to pay him, like, are now turning around and saying, you know what? He sued us for libel, but we were telling the truth. So now those damages that we paid, we want those back too. Listen to what Barbara Walters had to say about it on The View. He was sued. He's being sued for over a million and a half dollars by the Sunday Times, the British paper, because they paid him something like 500000 I'm just want to make sure my notes are correct. In 2006, to settle a case after it reprinted claims that he was doing drugs. I mean, and I get that, right? Like, can you imagine you get sued for libel and you are actually telling the truth and then you have to pay money and so then time goes by and you find out the person who sued you that you had to give your money to was actually not telling the truth. And that's what Lance Armstrong literally signed up for by not telling the truth and, of course, covering it up for so long. And I, I genuinely think he probably gets that, right? But it, it really just begs the question, doesn't it? Like, when do you come clean? After you know you've done something wrong, shouldn't you just come clean right away and not make the situation any messier than it has to be? Now, of course, that's an easy one, right? I mean, yes, absolutely. The sooner the better. I, I actually have some thinking on this because I think the things we try to accomplish are on what I call like a spiral. I actually call it this possibility spiral. So like imagine like this huge staircase that just spirals upward with bigger rings at the bottom and then as it gets to the top, it gets narrower. And so now think about Lance's career and imagine him going up this spiral, you know, 
as he's training and training and he finally gets to the top. And when you get to the top, that's when you have successfully accomplished what you want. So he's won the Tour de France and, you know, he's getting all these endorsements and he's created Live Strong and he's gone to the top of the spiral. But this is the problem, right? You can reverse spiral. And the minute that you start making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, you start going into what I call a reverse spiral. And anyway, I say all this to go back to the question about when do you admit when you've messed up? And the answer is right away, right? Because if you want to have any hopes of stopping this reverse spiral, and and we all know that once you kind of get into this downward spiral, it just spirals and spirals, you know, and impacts so many different areas of your life. So if you have found yourself in a reverse spiral and you want to stop the downward momentum, the first step is always to tell the truth and to admit that you have made a mistake as soon as possible. And again, I'm sure Lance Armstrong, looking back on this, would agree with this point because he has endorsers coming after him, the authorities, all those people we were just talking about, people who sued him that now want their money back. He would have been so much better off to just admit this sooner. And again, this is yet another good takeaway message. Again, this is not just about Lance, right? Takeaway message number two, because even though we probably haven't been involved in a doping scandal, there are times when we know we've done things that are wrong, right? Both big things and, and small things. I mean, I know, you know, like those times when you yell at someone because you're just tired and irritated and frustrated and they push your buttons and you snap and then you feel bad and you're like, man, I shouldn't have yelled at them. Or even those times when you're gossiping about someone and, and they catch you. Or those times when you just know you are absolutely wrong, but you don't really want to admit it, and you kind of like sit on the apology. All of those are instances where this takeaway message is applicable. The sooner, the better. You always want to just go ahead and make certain that you don't do things that are going to put you in a reverse spiral. And that is what I say is takeaway message number two from this situation. All right, moving right along. Another good question I heard was actually again on The View, this time by Whoopi Goldberg. And she was basically asking, why didn't the people who knew all of this was going on, why didn't they tell on him? The thing that bothers me is that there are a lot of culprits in this because everyone, you listen to them now, everybody knew he was doping. Everybody knew. The writers knew. The other cyclists knew. Where was everybody? I mean, I think it's a fair question, right? Like, all of these people knew. Where were they? And we know that there were instances where people were trying to tell and they, you know, they didn't have the proof. And, of course, Lance was denying it. But it seems like there were other people around who also knew the situation that didn't say anything. And a question, of course, that comes from that is, do people have an obligation to turn him in? And it can be tough, right, when you know no one's going to believe you and you know you don't really have the proof. But honestly, like, depending on the situation, especially 
when crimes are involved and I think you see other people getting hurt, honesty just, don't you think honesty just always seems to be the best policy? I mean, who wants to be part of a cover-up? But let's take it one step further because as it applies to our own life and, you know, when we're we're clearly not talking about situations that are crimes because I feel like that's obvious, but there are other situations where there are lots of shades of gray. And honestly, sometimes I can remember thinking, you know, I just don't really want to get involved in other people's drama right now. You know, I may have come across some information and I'm like, is it really my place? Am I, am I supposed to say something? And this, like, like a great example. What if you know that someone's boyfriend or husband has cheated on them? I mean, in this, I know there are opinions on both sides of this. So the question is, do you tell them? And what if, what if you don't really know the people who were involved, but you just come across the information? Do you, do you feel that you have an obligation to, I don't know, write an anonymous letter or just somehow figure out a way to let the innocent party or the, at least the party who's being cheated on know? Again, I think it's, it's hard to have a blanket answer because all situations are different. But the question I always ask myself, what is my intention behind doing anything? You know, is this going to sincerely help the situation? Am I going to be doing something that I just feel deep down is right? And after I kind of go through that whole process, because it's literally just about me trying to find my way to my own truth, especially when you have these, these shades of gray, I just take my time and I ask myself these questions. And then after I feel confident that I've found my truth, that's when I decide to act. I don't do it before. I don't rush. I don't, I usually don't even really tell that many people if anyone Because I know that I need to kind of first figure out what do I want to do. And so again, there's takeaway message number three from this situation. When you're trying to figure out what to do and you're trying to figure out what is the right thing, just look to your intention. What feels genuinely and honestly right deep down? Be thoughtful and just make sure you're not getting involved in the drama just to get involved in the drama. And just think about, okay, what, what feels right for me to do? And lastly, the final question I wanted to talk about, and of course it's the big one. Do we forgive Lance Armstrong? And where do we go from here? Because it's now being reported that he may want to return to cycling in the future. Is that okay with you? Do you think that he should be able to return to cycling? That is the latest question that's on the table. And Barbara Walters talked about it again on The View. I think, you know, if you want to move the story along, it's where does it go from here? Do we forgive him? So we talked about earlier, you know, just taking him at his word and assuming he's sincerely apologizing. But obviously, completing the forgiveness loop is taking it one step further. And... You know, as everyone's asking, do we just forgive and forget and let Lance go back to cycling? 
And I'm sure as many of you, you know, probably also agree, there absolutely have to be consequences for bad decisions and bad actions, right? No one, no matter who you are, what you've accomplished, how many accolades you've earned, no one should be immune from dealing with the consequences after they mess up. You've got to apologize. You've got to repair the damage the best you can. You have to do whatever you can to really try to make up for what you've done wrong. And in Lance's case, that's absolutely true. And, you know, he he does need to sit on the sidelines for a while. And I always think that's a good idea. It gives you time to get your mind right and really to kind of think through, okay, this is where I went wrong and this is, you know, how I'm going to, to learn and grow and, and make certain that doesn't happen again. But I will say this. I genuinely think that a part of the whole forgiveness process is really understanding that when you feel people are truly sorry and they're genuinely asking for forgiveness and they are also doing everything possible to repair the situation and they are, you know, making up for what they've done. And if you can confirm that they, in fact, have learned and they've grown from the experience, then I just think we've got to be willing to give people a second chance. I mean, people should be able to earn another shot, don't you think? Because that's, that's like life, right? That's the reality of life. It's about learning from these experiences and growing from them, from all the things that come our way that we're working toward. And we're human. There are going to be those times that we make mistakes and we mess up. And I think that means that we have to understand that other people may make mistakes and mess up. And like the other instances, this is not just about Lance Armstrong, right? This is about us and about the people in our life and the people we come into contact with that have made mistakes and have apologized and we can see you know, that they have grown and that they have changed. And that's important, right? Like it can't be false change and false growth. But if you can genuinely see people have really taken to heart what's happened and learned from their experiences and changed and improved because of them, I think you got to give them another shot to earn your trust again. And I think that's really how you complete the forgiveness loop. Actually, it brings to mind a, another situation that just played out with um, Oprah and Ayanla Vansant. I think it's just, it's a perfect example, right? So Oprah and Ayanla Vansant worked together in the past and Oprah had given her Ayanla this huge opportunity on her show, like was letting her host the show. And I mean, I'm sure you remember getting her all involved and they worked really closely together, but as Ayanla will admit herself, she ended up making some bad decisions and, you know, one thing led to another and they, they stopped working together. So recently, Oprah had another show and on this show you have Ayanla Vincent coming on and she's apologizing to her. I mean, and they have this really sincere moment. And you can tell that Oprah has accepted her apology. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. She accepted her apology. They're moving on, da-da-da-da. But now Ayanla actually has a show on OWN. 
So you've got to assume that Oprah has seen that, you know, the past happened and it is what it is, but Ayanla has, you know, apologized and made up for it. And most importantly, grown and changed from the experience. I mean, it was very obvious in that interview that Oprah and Ayanla had, that Ayanla had totally changed and, and learned from the experience. And I just think it's, it's exactly what we're supposed to do in terms of completing this forgiveness loop. And it doesn't mean that it always works out that way or that it always should work out that way because sometimes, you know, you are meant to go your separate ways. But in the instances where it is a situation and you can see somebody has grown and they've done everything and you want to give them another chance, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So that is it in terms of Lance and our four takeaway messages. You know, number one, until people give us the reason to doubt the sincerity of their apology, we should take them at their word, accept their apology. No need to hold any unnecessary grudges. Number two, when we know we have messed up or done something wrong, admit it as quickly as possible. Start trying to repair whatever damage you've done. Don't let the reverse spiral spin you out of control. Number three... When you're trying to figure out what to do, what's the right thing, just look to your intentions. What feels genuinely and honestly right deep down? And finally, number four, if someone has wronged you and they've apologized, but they've made up for it and you can honestly see they've grown and changed, hey, you want to give them another shot? Do it. All right. So coming up next. Um, I'm going to answer some questions like we always do from the possibility of today community, but first we're going to go and talk about this amazing story about forgiveness. You know, that family we were talking about earlier with the daughter who was killed by her fiance and the family literally went to bat for, for the fiance and helped him get his sentence reduced, even though he killed their daughter. Remarkable, right? That's where we're going next, so I hope you will stick around. You are listening to The Possibility of Today on webtalkradio.net. Okay, so one of the most amazing stories of forgiveness that I seriously have ever heard it involves Connor McBride, this 19-year-old student who got into a fight with his fiance Anne and ended up shooting her in the head, and she ended up dying. Tullis learned a two-day fight between the couple escalated until Connor, who says he wasn't thinking straight, got his father's shotgun, pointed it at Anne, and in one horrifying moment, shot her. Four days later, Anne was removed from life support, and Connor was charged with first-degree murder. I mean, unbelievable, right? I and mean, can you even imagine being in that situation as, as the parent and understanding that your daughter has been killed by her fiance, then to have the situation where literally as the daughter is dying, she asks her parents to forgive Connor. She asks her dad to forgive Connor. And then for her dad to agree to do that and her mother to also get to the forgiveness process. It's just, I mean, it's something that you look at and you just can't help, but pay attention to it because 
you're like, this is, this is what forgiveness is all about. I mean, your heart clearly goes out to, to her parents and you know what they've done is truly remarkable. And one of the hardest things ever. In fact, Anne's mom said just that. I was very nervous going because um, Andy had told me the night before that he wanted his message to Connor to be that he loved him and he forgave him. And I wanted to take that same message to Connor, but I just wasn't sure that I was going to be able to say those words when I saw him face to face. I had talked during the week. I had told Connor's parents, you know, I could not judge Connor by that moment because if I did, then I was, you know, defining Anne by that moment as well. I mean, isn't that an amazing perspective? And to be able to get there, right? Like, and to, to have that view of the situation and, and what happened is just, I mean, it's, it's just something I think that is an example for so many of us. And when they asked her parents if they were still angry, they, they said no. Certainly, you are still angry or have been angry at your daughter's killer. Um. Actually, not, you know, not, not really, not really. I, I'm sad, you know, it's, we're not offering a pardon to it. So, but um, it frees us. The forgiveness frees us. It keeps us from going to prison with Connor. I mean, and isn't it, it, it really is so true, right? Forgiveness allows you to move on. And when you see stories like this, you're just reminded of the fact that that's, that's what we're supposed to do. We can't let the negativity and even if we feel like it's justified, even if it is justified, we just can't let that weigh on us and not forgive people. I mean, and if you see examples like this where people are forgiving situations that are just atrocious and just beyond belief, it just really drives the point home. And it's a good pointer, right? That no matter what has happened, somehow, some way, we always want to find our way to forgiveness. And once you get there, the question then is, how do you, how do you actually do it? Because I, I know there have been a lot of instances where I really wanted to forgive someone. And I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm ready to do this, but how exactly do I get there? Because I don't really feel internally anything changing about my my feelings toward them to actually be able to forgive them. So I've got some pointers on that too. Number one, the, the first thing that always helped me was realizing that forgiving people actually frees you. It frees the negativity. It just releases all of that junk and that stuff that you don't want. And I would always keep that top of mind. And that just helped me commit to going through the process because it's a process, right? Like you have to walk through it. You have to go day by day and work at it until you can kind of feel that you've actually forgiven the person on the other side. And then another thing that I always found amazingly helpful was really trying to get to that point of empathy and understanding and doing your best to understand and to see things from a different perspective, but to also recognize that everyone has a backstory. Like, I don't care who it is and what they've done. There is a reason that they are acting out. People don't just act out badly to act out. Something has happened in their past. They've had some experience. Even if they don't realize it, 
there's something that is causing them to behave badly today. And not that it excuses it, but it definitely makes it easier to get to that point of empathy and to understand, okay, I can forgive this person because I am able to see them in a different light. That helped me. I, I think I forgave like 20 people <laughs> instantly when I had that, that realization. Uh, and then the last realization and the last thing that helped me was understanding that forgiveness is a process, right? It's something you have to work through day by day by day. It's not going to just happen on autopilot. And just because it doesn't automatically happen doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it. Like you have to walk through the process every day, stay committed to it, you know, keep it as something that is your number one priority and really push yourself, especially when people have done things that are really, really egregious. You have to push yourself to forgive them. So that is why I love these stories of forgiveness because I just think it's, it's a reminder to us all that it's what we all should be doing. And it's just a matter of, you know, taking the steps that we need to and getting to that place of forgiveness so we don't have all that negative stuff that's just bogging us down. All right, so now let's go to the possibility of today question and answers. I get lots and lots of questions in and I really just try to pick the best ones that I get either frequently or I know kind of, you know, are let's call them hot topics for the moment. So we are going to go there next. You are listening to the possibility of today on webtalkradio.net. All right, welcome back to the segment, the possibility of today question and answer segment. The first question is from Ricardo. And Ricardo asked me, you know, how does he stay motivated and still accomplish what he wants? Because he gets very, very motivated in the beginning and he works and he starts working at something, but then he ends up losing steam. And I don't know about you, but I am very familiar with that. I definitely went through that and worked through it. And Ricardo, this is my number one piece of advice. You've got to do something every single day if you're trying to accomplish something. So you have to keep whatever it is you want, whatever you're working toward, top of mind. And even if it's only five minutes a day, you want to make certain that you're taking a step forward. And that way you never lose momentum, you don't lose steam. And on those days when you don't feel like doing it, you push yourself to do it then. I have just found consistency helps and it keeps me pushing forward. I have actually a um, free course that I'm offering. If you go to my Facebook page and click on you know, the free quiz box, there's a tab and you can take this quiz. It's gonna tell you, you know, are there possibilities that you're missing? Are you doing things that are standing in your way? You take this quiz and then at the end of the quiz, I'm sending you a free course and it will go through a lot of good insights too on how you can continually move forward every day. But if you ask me, you know, Sybil, you can only give me one piece of advice. What would it be? It would be do something every single day and just make certain you're always taking steps forward. All right, so I hope that helps. 
And the next question I wanted to answer came from Rebecca. And Rebecca and her friend have decided, you know, they're they're parting their ways. We know how that happens, right? Situation kind of escalates, blows up, and then it's just a mutual decision that they're both going to go their own ways. And, of course, after this decision, you know, there's hurt feelings all around. And her friend decides to start talking about her and saying things about her and has told her that she's basically going to be alone forever. And Rebecca, you asked me, should you feel hurt by what your friend said? Absolutely. You're human. I get that. And when people say things to us that kind of hit us at our core, it hurts. It hurts. So you of course are going to feel hurt by it. But, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you can try to really make certain you get to that forgiveness process by understanding, you know, that your friend has a backstory. There are things that she's going through and, you know, situations that she's trying to work through and that's coloring her actions and her behavior and, and what she's telling you. And then in terms of your second question, because yes, she knows you well, but are you going to be alone forever? Should you believe what she said? Is she predicting the future? Of course not, because she can't predict your future. You get to decide what your future is going to look like. You determine that. And what your friend says is just her opinion. The question is, what do you feel is going to happen? What do you believe? And to the extent that you want a relationship, but you feel that you don't believe you're going to get one, then that's when you want to start changing those limiting beliefs. But what your friend says has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to end up alone. So I hope that is helpful. Thank you everyone for dropping by and tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show and we'll catch up again next week. If in the meantime, you want some more possibility of today, please Drop by possibilityoftoday.com or check out our Facebook page. And of course, live today better than yesterday.